Chapter 2 Frankie picked himself up, hanging his head and avoiding his brother's eye as he joined his friends. Together, they trudged off to find their ball. Just ignore him, said Louise. Your brother's only jealous because you're better at football than he is. Yeah, said Charlie, grinning. He's probably jealous of your ball, too. Frankie looked at his friend who was smirking. He couldn't help smiling, too. His ball had cost him 50 pence rather than 50 pounds. The rain started to fall even harder. Great grey sheets poured from the sky, so it was hard to see very far ahead. Behind them, Frankie could hear Kevin and his mates shouting that they should find somewhere to shelter. We'd better go too, said Frankie. This was turning into a disaster. Max, go and get the ball. Max streaked off. Frankie squinted ahead and saw his dog pause for a moment on the edge of the play area. Then he darted towards the sandpit and leapt over the side. He vanished with a howl. Max, called Frankie. What happened to him, said Louise, panic in her voice. Frankie broke into a run. He was soaked to the skin now. He vaulted the fence into the play area and dashed to the sandpit's edge. The sand had gone, replaced by a pool of swirling colours. It's just like the portal from before, said Charlie, huffing as he caught up. Frankie nodded slowly. Max must have fallen through, he mumbled. What shall we do? asked Charlie. Frankie stared into his friends' faces. Rain had matted their hair and soaked their clothes. I can't ask you to come with me, he said. Max is my dog. It's my responsibility. We're coming, said Louise. No question. The best teams always stick together. She's right, said Charlie. Try stopping us. Frankie's heart surged with relief. I should never have doubted them. He held out both hands and Louise and Charlie took one each. Whatever waited for them on the other side, they'd face it together. Ready? he asked. Charlie gave a brisk nod and Louise squeezed his hand tighter. Frankie leapt into the kaleidoscope of colour. Both his friend's hands were wrenched from his. Everything went dark. The first thing Frankie realised was that he was dry. Dry and warm. That's a good start, he thought. Lou, he said. Charlie? I can't see anything, said Louise. Me neither, whimpered Charlie. And by the way, I am afraid of something. The dark. Don't worry, said Frankie, groping about in the gloom. Metal clanked and echoed. Frankie shuffled forward, more clanking, and he almost tripped. I've got chains on my feet and ankles, he said. The sound of shifting chains seemed to come from all around him. Me too, said Louise. Oh, great, said Charlie. A low growl rumbled on the air. Jinx, said Charlie. That sounded bigger than Jinx said a husky voice that Frankie recognised. Is that you, Max? he said. He felt a wet nose brush his leg. Sorry I got you all into this mess, said Max. What mess, said Charlie? Where are we? Frankie suddenly heard whistling, 
and a faint glow appeared in the distance. It grew brighter until he saw it was the flickering flame of a torch in the hand of a large man. He also made out thick wooden stakes and iron bars all around them. We're in a cage, he said. The man holding the torch walked towards the edge of the bars. With him came a draught of smelly air, old feet and rotten onions. Judging by the man's toothless, dirt and sweat-smeared face, Frankie guessed he was the source of the stench. He looked a bit like Frankie's next-door neighbour, Mr Pratchett, if Mr Pratchett hadn't been to the dentist for about a hundred years. Hey, said Charlie, rushing to the bars as fast as his chains would allow. Let us out of here! The man sniggered, and another waft of stinkiness almost knocked Frankie off his feet. Oh, you'll be out of there soon enough.